Hey guys, welcome to Square Zeroes. I'm John. And I'm Derek. And today we're here with Mario Vielli. Uh Mario, why don't you introduce yourself? Yo, what's up? My ladies and gentlemen, hello. <laughs> Uh, so tell us a little about yourself, Mario. Uh, what do you do? What do you do with music? What's your What's your thing? Uh, I produce records over at Cowboy Technical Services in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Play guitar in some bands, uh, Spirit of Danger, Chandeliers, and here today to talk about my high school metal band, among other things, Chuck of Death. What do your bands sound like, and um, where are you guys pulling from? Um, Spirit of Danger is darker punk with, I guess, some little bits of metal-y stuff in there, but but mostly kind of lives in a, a punk world. And uh, Chandeliers, who I play with and have written songs before I came along, uh, kind of do more of like a stiff records, like good time rock and roll thing. And uh, tell us about Chuck of Death. Chuck of Death was my, as I said, high school metal band. We uh, never really got out there and played a show but we practiced, you know, over the course of a year, a bunch of times. We had like a full lineup, and it was with uh, some of my best buds at the time. Totally good first band to do, and we did have some original stuff. When John asked me about, you know, material, I, I like. I, I think we had maybe one or two kind of unfinished originals recorded. I couldn't even find them, but we had a couple of of covers, and and that was really more what we ended up doing anyway. It was really just like a learning how to play together, and the best way to do it is to, when you've never played songs before you know, try to ape someone else's stuff. Well, that sounds great, man. Maybe we'll have a, have a addendum to this at some point in the future where we can, maybe you can dig up those old tracks and we can just down the road, release them at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd love to know how you guys, you know, got together and everything like that, but let's go ahead. Do we want to go ahead and start with the song? And then maybe afterwards we can ask you some of those questions and get into it. Um, do you want to introduce the first song for us? What's this first cover? Uh, this is a cover of at the gates slaughter of the soul. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I love talk over at the end of these things. <laughs> yeah, did I hear? Did you play that right? Yeah. Did was, you play that right? You know what happened was, uh, I think like I got to the end one kind of go around too late or like a drummer did and then our singer just was like three times too late so we all we actually almost got to the end of that one but how old were you at the time uh this is probably like sophomore junior year in high school so like 16 nice that's pretty heavy yeah yeah dude it's uh, tuned down to b <laughs> awesome <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> well let's geek out for a second what was your guitar setup at the time uh that was probably a Fender Twin reverb with like a Boss distortion pedal, making it get all you know sludgy enough. And um, I, I probably was just playing a Strat, you know. Like I never, wa- I was always into guys who played like low at that time, but it was like before like new metal low, so it was like you know. So it was it was bands like that, and uh, and they didn't play seven strings; they played like six strings, but like tuned down with heavy gauge strings. So like it was a Strat, but like I modded it and put a humbucker in it, and you know just cranked everything sure i mean and, and i mean metal has a precedent for that right like iron maiden is like the dual dual stratocaster attack and shit yeah. like that right you know like there's there's something there that's awesome man um so how did you i was i was a little curious because i did you know i did a little research to to <laughs> be perfectly honest full disclosure did a little research to look into these bands how did you like how do you kind of come by i mean at the gates is like a you know swedish death metal band you know like from the mid 90s what sort of channels did you arrive at that through like how did you kind of find bands like this um, well, there was a, a CD store, you know, out in the county where I grew up that, that one of the managers was, you know, he c- kind of like looked like Rob Zombie and he had like this metal section that was kind of procured. And so like we got into a lot of stuff like that. And actually the singer for, for this band who, who, uh, who was on that track, he worked out at the same store. He actually was a, a manager out there. And like, in, in fact, even before the Rob Zombie dude was out there, it was probably Kyle, the singer who was uh, hipping me to a lot of that stuff. He was a few years older than us and like knew, you know, metal and had that, that thing that exists less and less in the modern age where you like know your record store guy and like they know what you like and they have their whole, you know, handed down stories of bands and records and this and that that, you, you know, they'd always be trying to impress you. Like the next time you came in, it wasn't that they just wanted to sell you like a CD or a record. They like wanted to blow your mind like they wanted to get a reaction and so like i think that was one of the bands that that kyle probably even hit me too like when we were picking these tunes he you know we all sat around my parents basement and we just like had a like you know 20 metal cds or like let's pick like three or four songs to try to learn so and what was the recording setup like for something like that uh so this was a task cam four track i forget the exact make but like the the porta studio you know digital display kind of the not the bare bones one but nothing special and so there's one mic uh one you know one mic over the drum kit one mic on the guitar amp and the vocals uh, i think were probably just going direct in and i can't remember i probably had like i think i had like four crappy dynamic mics that were just like put up on everything so this is not just like one of your early attempts at like playing music uh for recording but it's also one of your early attempts at recording itself which is something you do a lot more of now yeah yeah so we're getting kind of like a two for there <laughs> yeah from the very beginning like i just like you know was into it because i didn't know anyone who recorded bands and so you know i wasn't at all set out to become an engineer or anything but i just was like well we got to record them you know I I can get a four track. I can't do anything else. So. Yeah. 
so you're always kind of like metal was sort of was metal sort of your first love i mean was this like sort of as a teenage yeah kid? yeah yeah absolutely it's kind of funny because like i haven't really done a, a real band you know until spirit of danger that's been you know rooted in like the darker and heavier guitar tones i've always loved because like after this and you know getting into high school and early college and like getting into bands like the ramones and the replacements and descendants and everything that i hadn't yet discovered it kind of blew all this stuff out of the water for a while hmm. and you know all the bands i played in in that like middle period were were kind of derived from that so you wouldn't hear a lot of these influences right yeah i was gonna say even i mean chandeliers i remember hearing chandeliers for the first time and thinking oh this kind of sounds like elvis costello this is totally rad but then knowing that you were in spirit of danger i was like huh <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like i just always wanted to try to fight dudes to play metal with or or anything like that even you know and um because a band is just kind of an amalgam of like the people that are in it what you all get together and geek out over so you know i geek out over a lot of stuff uh, but this was like the earliest stuff for sure uh talk about this next track um okay yeah there's a good distinction to make this is a nevermore cover which um is a band that i listened to at the time but like definitely didn't take with me uh and they're a cool band they're like a seattle kind of uh proggy metal band and, and i think they're on century media so like they were in the climate of stuff i like but um you know slaughter of the soul is definitely one of those records like still to this day like that whole record uh, i i will listen to over and over again um but but this was a good track i guess in terms of a bit more rhythmic complexity and, and like they said the progginess of it so uh we we fail harder at this one <laughs> <laughs> We are in 
was that at the end that was our drummer metal bob saying do you dig it into his uh because because we we totally derailed the ending of that one and uh it you know i still am buds with with metal bob and i was talking to him yesterday i was like oh you know chuck of death is gonna be on a you know radio internet thing and he's like super psyched these tunes have you know never seen the light of day and um and the singer Kyle, he passed away a couple of years ago, so we were just talking. It's like real cool to get his, you know, voice out there into a world that he always wanted to do bands, and like we even tried to do another band like years later that never even really demoed much, and it's it's awesome.
know, something I've always wanted to ask, we're like, uh, you know, six episodes into this podcast. And uh, one question that I've kind of withheld for a little while is, what's it like can you, going back and looking for these old recordings, especially as someone who's done a lot of recording for yourself and for a lot of other bands. And, you know, again, you know, you're in this band, you've, you've lost a member. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about the process of digging these old tracks up and listening to them for the first time in a while? Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Um, I mean, I kind of always had a, you know, a handle on these recordings. Like they never, they never got lost. Like, you know, for a decade in the basement, you know, we would get together every couple of years and like play this tape and be like, this is awesome. Uh, but it was just a couple of years ago that it finally, I, I really with like, just like technological advancement made it possible to convert it to digital audio. Cause there wasn't all, you know, I, I didn't always have like nice studio gear around like my parents' house. And I also didn't want to like take this tape and, you know, drag it across the country and possibly damage it when it's the only source material so it was finally I think able to be done because I you know was able to use mobile recording technology with nice converters and, and just capture it so like I think I, I think that's something that's important to talk about for just a second is how awesome it is now that bands can just like have a laptop flip it open and like always have their band that they did you know, it was, it's, it's so much easier to like archive that stuff now, which is important just cause even if no one cares, it's like, that's your life and that's your scrapbook. And you know, like that's always why I've dug having these recordings around and it, it's, it blows my mind, you know, that it would go on the internet in any form, but you know, it, it's really just for people to keep it for themselves and, and their buds, you know, that's right. And I think that's something we're pretty excited about too, with this whole project is the idea that on SoundCloud now we're going to have essentially these you know recordings for ever we're gonna have your recordings forever dude yeah and it's gonna be well, it's gonna be good and it's gonna be bad like right. think of how many things people do in high school they're like oh i'm so glad that, that that doesn't have to be my defining moment in life but you know but those are the people who turn down our interviews man yeah <laughs> if, if you're on here you're, you're in for it you know you're in for it uh, it's interesting too i also think it was kind of i mean you it sounds like you you feel that maybe, you know, Chuck of Death, even though it's the furthest thing sort of time-wise from what you've done with Spirit of Danger, may actually be sort of the closest aesthetically. Yeah, definitely. And, and for that reason, it kind of makes sense, but I think it's also kind of brave. I mean, it sounds like you've been, if you, it would have been very easily, easy for you to say, well, I was in all these rad bands in college. Some of them sort of still persist. I could just easily give them, so I could give them sex robots. You know, I could give them something that's like a little more like matter of fact, a little more straightforward and that, you know, isn't me fumbling over an old prog metal song from the 90s or something like that. But you went straight to the source man. you went to Chuck and Death for us. And that's awesome. Yeah. No. And I heard like the, the, the high school kind of slant on what was going on here. I was like, oh, definitely. You know, <laughs> definitely that. <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about uh, your kind of evolution as a guitarist. You said you started in sixth grade. Yeah, I started playing in sixth grade. Totally had the like guitar world at the grocery store was like your only <laughs> inlet. So, you know, just like getting into a bunch of dumb metal and trying to play as fast as you can and, you know, cop licks from dorky guitar players, you know, like it, it, it like went that way, like until I started finding like, you know, bands that wrote songs <laughs> and that changed everything for sure. But it was a good kind of, I guess, background to have just to get you know into playing and just being able to play 
And where did you go from here? How long was uh, Chuck of Death together? And then what happened kind of in the intermediary? Uh, so we, we just, you know, it was like a high school thing. We just jammed whenever we could get together and, and obviously never played a show or did anything and never broke up. I mean, it was just probably like, oh, the last practice, I could call you next week, dude, and whatever, you know. Um, and then so like I didn't start playing for real in bands until a couple years after that, like 2001, played with, um, well, I played with this band for a while called The Perverts who before I was in them were the traveling perverts, but they realized they weren't going anywhere, so they became the perverts. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I, I joined them, and then uh, the drummer and I you know, started a couple of bands after the perverts kind of imploded, or kind of while they were imploding, uh, called The Pubes and called Sex Robots, and both of those bands um, did a, you know, a bunch of recording and touring, and, you know, and then Sex Robots still play you know, whenever we're around and, you know, I still write for that band to try to get new songs for it when we, when we do play. Um, and how do the sounds compare? Uh, pretty drastic, <laughs> you know, I mean, for one thing, like I got out of, it was what got me back into standard tuning actually was a mayhem interview where like the dude from mayhem was just like, you know, like only little bitches play down to B real men can play an E and still sound awesome and heavy, you know? So <laughs> like, like that got me back into E, I guess. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, but then it was I also like, I got like, back into E. <laughs> yeah. But then it was also like, you know, just bands like Minor Threat and, and, you know, Descendants and stuff, just like going, oh man, like this is just a whole other thing that I just didn't even know existed at the time of doing this stuff. And that, that definitely uh, totally influenced, you know, things in another direction. See, that's funny because my musical trajectory was the opposite. Like I got into like Black Flag, Bad Brains, Minor Threat, the Ramones, like, Operation Ivy all like middle schoolish and I just wanted to replicate that and that's what I did and I ended up like being in a hardcore band in high school and then kind of coming out and wanting to experiment a little bit more and then getting really into metal like where it was I was probably like end of high school like I really started getting into metal and I can now like there's there's a handful of metal albums that like rank among my like favorite albums of all time but it's always been this thing for me where it's kind of like hip-hop like I love it I have a collection but like, I don't really feel like I can do it without being a total fraud, but you yeah. kind of managed to make both work. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, well, the metal stuff that was going on at that time, like I, to me, that was kind of an, an end of like a really good era of metal. Like even the band that these guys at the gates did after that the, was the haunted. And I think they might still be around or, you know, some incarnation and even like the first haunted record, like there were like good tunes on it, but you know, corn had come along and like new metal had come along and, and like these guys were like Europeans and, and weren't even aware of like how like terrible it was cu culturally yet. And so like they, they would like have a Jonathan Davis style scream in the middle of, of a song or something. And like, I just remember, you know, just like, like just dumping that record in the trash. Just going limp. Yeah. You know, like it was just, it was like so many horrible things came along to, to mess with metal. Um, that there's still great metal bands. And like, even now I think maybe like a resurgence of, of great metal bands that like, you know, got into the right stuff and there's been an undercurrent of still great metal this whole time too. it's interesting it's interesting to hear you say that because that was my thought when you said that was i was like well the moments that maybe you were starting to listen to punk and stuff like that were probably just moments that you know it was kind of great to be listening to punk and these things end up being sort of cyclical i mean i remember i you know i kind of you know i grew up you know in the suburbs where like metal meant like 
three bands, you know, <laughs> yeah. like Metallica Slayer and occasionally yeah, like what's play being some like Pantera directly piped to you through Guitar World magazine. Right. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, all these, all these like boutique named pedals and you know, like guitars named after dudes and stuff. Um, and then not really paying it much mind because I was like, oh, that shit's all ridiculous when I started getting into punk. And then, you know, going out to a show in Richmond and having a, you know, like a hardcore show and there was one sort of, you know, punk metal kind of, you know, grindcore band or something. And my eyes just being wide and my buddy yeah. leaning over to me being like, people are doing some really cool shit with pedal with metal right now, man. You know, like like it's the, like it's this more than like a genre, it's almost like a format that you can kind of add things to and subtract from and like that at times it's people are using it to experiment. Whereas like when you think about punk, you don't think about people necessarily experimenting a lot in punk. Um, it seems like there are good times for metal and bad times for metal probably. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, like, like Dark Throne's pretty much been good this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, talk about your, some of your current projects a little more in depth. Uh, Spirit of Danger is working on an album right now? Yeah, we've we got like a full, you know, 11 songs in the can now. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do with them, um, whether it's going to be an album or whether, you know, it's going to be released on, you know, whether we're just going to put out a tape or split it into EPs. We've got like different ideas, but uh, you know, basically an album's in the can and, and hopefully it'll be out by this summer in, in some manifestation or another. Uh, Chandeliers also have an album that's almost in the can. We cut the like basic tracks back in November, I think, and we've been overdubbing and we'll probably finish that up in the next month too. So it's been cool. It's been like, uh, you know, the past year plus has been like studio work for bands that I am a part of and it's always good to get to a finish line there. Cause like I'm always working on records and like, you know, every month or two different records are getting like release points, your release dates and, and hitting those kinds of points in time. Um, but you know, it's always good feeling to be in the like, you know, seat where it's your own band. That's finally getting to the release point. So, yeah. So yeah. 